This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Psalm 67 is where we are at this evening. I am um, deeply grateful to the Lord uh, for many things, obviously, for this being our home church. Uh, I'm deeply grateful to the Lord for the delay in our getting back. Um, we miss it deeply. We're ready to go uh, home to Chuuk, but we're glad to be home here too. So uh, it's good to be with you folks. And the more we've been here, the more I've seen, and Sarah and I have seen God um, open doors that needed to be opened here before we could return. And so, though uh, though we long to be back, we know it's coming soon, and uh, and so, for now, we know that whatever state we're in, uh, right now we're taking that as a physical state, the state of Virginia, right? <laughs> I know it's not the Greek word, brother, I promise, I do know that, but whatever state we're in, we're going to be content, and uh, we look forward to seeing what the Lord continues to do. Psalm 67. This is where we are this evening. I want to preach a message entitled, Let the Nations Be Glad. Let's just go ahead and read the psalm. It's more important than anything I have to say preliminarily, and then we'll dig in. Um, God, be merciful unto us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that thy way may be known upon earth thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Father, I come to you, Lord of heaven and earth, and I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Uh, I come as an empty vessel and one uh, that is weak. And so, Father, I come to you and ask that all words, Lord, everything I have thought through, everything that I have studied, everything that uh, I have sought to prepare, Father, that you would take that small offering, multiply it. And God, as we close out this conference, I pray, please, that you would take me now and use me for something greater than me. And Lord, I pray that you would just set me aside and let your words be magnified. Please open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. The word glad is kind of a, a banal word, right? We don't really use it a whole lot for a true expression of joy, right? Usually, if I see somebody... And, you know, what's the, well, hey, how are you? Doing fine, thank you. Glad to see you. Hope you're doing okay. Are we really glad is just kind of that really mild expression, right? We might be glad uh, that, um, that I didn't have to fold any more laundry today. Or we might be glad that this, but I'm ecstatic. 
when Uriah sleeps in. I am absolutely overjoyed uh, if, if I, I, sorry, Brother Blackburn, if I uh, get more than half a cake or whatever the case might be, but I, uh, but glad I reserve that kind of for, you know, eh, either way. But here, that's, that's not what is being said. Oh, let the nations be glad. And I think that you and I both intuitively know that this is not simply a, uh, a call to let the nations be mediocre in their happiness. Let them be, uh, at least we're not going to hell. But rather, let them be glad. So what does this mean? What is this picture that this is giving to us? Let me give you an illustration there was a, a lady, a single mother, and she was having a hard time making men's uh, ends meet. And so one day, somebody in her church came up to her and gave her $500. They knew the struggle she was going through. It was very difficult, and she was utterly relieved at having $500. He gave her 10 $50 bills. And so she goes home, and she counts it out, and over the next day or two, she begins to really budget out to the penny what this $500 will be used for. This is going to be used to fill up my gas tank, and this is going to be used here to help with this bill. And so she's ecstatic, and the day comes for her to go to the grocery store. She pulls out the money, and she begins to count the bills. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. And she's missing a $50 bill. Now, we're all in a day and age, I think, where we can understand the value of $50. And to this young mother, this was exceedingly sorrowful. So she begins to frantically search around the house. And she begins to think about where she was at. So she calls up the church. And she was at church yesterday. And so she says, hey, uh, did anybody report a $50 bill being found? No, I'm so sorry. Well, if you hear anything, please let me know. So then she thinks, you know what, I was over at the neighbor's house last night. So she, she goes over to the neighbor's house and knocks on the door, and she says, listen, I, I, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm truly curious. Did you find a $50 bill laying around? No, I'm, I'm sorry. So by now, the depths of despair are beginning to set in. This was the $50 that she could have used for the gas, or the $50 she could have used to splurge on that special cereal her, her kids wanted. And, and so she goes home, and the only thing she knows to do is to begin to clean. And she's cleaning, and she's cleaning. And you guys know, especially you with kids, right? You know the mega blocks, right? The, you know, the Legos, but the, the big Legos. Well, she begins to clean, and she picks up a mega block, and lo and behold, inside the mega block, there's a $50 bill. And one of those little guys, he didn't realize what he was doing. He had, he had seen something cool, and he had stuffed it somewhere where it fit, and that was it. And she pulls out the $50 bill, and she begins to what? She begins to weep. She begins to rejoice. But not only that, she calls up the church. And she says, hey, I found the $50 bill. And then she goes over to the neighbor's house, and she says, I found the $50 bill. Do you see where this is tracking? Jesus told the same story in Luke 15. This woman was not glad. Whew, all right, glad I found that. This woman was glad. She was exceedingly, abundantly overjoyed at what she had found. Oh, let the nations be glad. But if the nations are going to be glad, we have to be glad first. And what I want us to get this evening, if there's one thought, one idea that you walk away with when you read Psalm 67, I want it to be this. 
We must joyfully declare the message of Jesus until the ends of the earth rejoice with us. And so let's dig into our text this evening. The first thing that we see in our text is this, that God's blessings reveal Jesus to the nations. God's blessings reveal Jesus to the nations. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 again. We don't know exactly who wrote this psalm, though Spurgeon does challenge, he dares any man to prove that it wasn't David. (laughs) But we don't know for sure who wrote this psalm. And that can be a good thing. We hear it as beginning with a cry, God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. We first see that God's blessings reveal Jesus to the nations. So what are these requests then? What are these blessings? But what are the requests that we see? Well, first of all, we see the request for this mercy. The psalmist begins the first thing that he begs God for, God, be merciful. Now, I'm, I'm sitting here, or we're, you're sitting here, I'm standing here tonight, and I'm in the midst of a, a group of people that for the majority, I grew up among you. We know each other, we know each other well, we know each other intimately, and how easy it is for us to get used to being saved. You know, there's times, there's moments of, of the light bulb comes on and we go, oh yeah, that's right, I'm, uh, thank you Lord, I'm really grateful. But f- I think, at least for me, I fear, and maybe I'm the only one that struggles with it, but I don't know. Sometimes I take advantage, I take for granted the mercy that was shown to me. And the psalmist begins, as he begins to look towards the nations, He first says, God, be merciful to me. Be merciful to us. Romans 9, verses 15 and 16 says this, For he saith unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of them that willeth, nor of them that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Now, for us, sometimes because we get so used to the mercy of God, we begin to think that we almost kind of have come to a place where we deserve it. Now, we would never say that. You and I know the theological answer. We would back away in dust and ashes and we would say, no, 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 I don't think that at all. But really, we start to look around to others out, outside of the church. And how easy it is for me to say, God, have mercy on me. And then I look at them and I say, yeah, but those guys are really bad. Like, at least I was kind of clean. Or at least I've been cleaned up for a while. But, but those guys out there, the ones that are trying to come after our children, or the ones that are trying to uh, subvert things over here, the ones that are crashing into vehicles because they're drunk, or the ones that are crossing over the border that aren't doing it the right way. You know, God, be merciful to us clean people, but the dirty ones. And how often we forget that I was the first one in my life that needed God's mercy. 
I needed it then, I need it now, I will need it tomorrow, I'll need it five minutes from now. I always, always need the mercy of God. And this ought to be our cry as we look to the nations, God first, please be merciful to me. So he looks at the nations and he, his first request is for mercy for himself. But then he says, God, be merciful to us and bless us. So here again we get into, dare I say, our first world impression of what blessing is. How many of you are richer this year than you were last year? Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand if you're embarrassed about it. Okay, a couple of people, new guy with a right, new job, right? I get that. That's good. We're happy for I think for the most part, we're going to say no, probably not. How many of you are the healthiest you have ever been in your entire life? No aches, no pains. You just, you're, you're great where you're at. All right, maybe a couple of the young guys here, but other than that, yeah. How many of you, absolutely no problems in the world, cars working great, income is perfect, your children don't even pick their nose, everything is wonderful. <laughs> Anybody? Okay. So we, we read this verse, and we use the word bless so often. I have unsaved friends, I know of people that are unsaved that say, I'm so blessed. So God, first of all, please be merciful to me, for I come to you in dust and ashes. I am nothing outside of you. I was lost and on my way to hell. And Lord, even now, apart from you, without you, I can do nothing. But God, then, please bless me. But what's going on here? I believe there's obviously multiple facets of blessing that the psalmist wants us to begin to think about. This word blessing obviously can entail having spiritual blessing. We are blessed spiritually. We have a church that is unified. I guarantee you that is not a common thing. We have a church that comes in and has a love for the Lord. We have a church, we have a family that gets together and prays for one another. We are blessed spiritually by being saved. But you know what? I believe also here, the, the idea can be physical blessings. And we're going to see why in just a minute. But Lord, first of all, be merciful to me, but then please bless me. You have not, because you ask not. God, be merciful to me and to us and bless us, but then and cause his face to shine upon us. What is this? We all know what this is, really. If, uh, for those of you that have raised children, for those of you that have ever been children yourselves, you'll understand this. When I tell my daughter, please go clean your room, and I come back, an hour later, and it is clean. And nothing is shoved under the dresser, and the closet is spick and span. My face shines upon her. If the opposite is true, my face does not shine upon her. We know what this is. This is the favor of God. Except, instead of me having to work for God's face to shine upon me. 
God the Father turned away from his own son so that when I came into that blood, he could turn his face towards me. And so, not, what, 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 as we begin to look towards the nations, as this psalmist begins to, to reflect on how can the nations be glad, it's first an inward thing. God, be merciful to me. Remind me of the mercy I need. Don't let me stray too far from where I came from. But God, please give me that mercy because without you I am nothing. But then God, please bless me. Give me the things I need. Provide for me. And Lord, bless me spiritually. Give me growth. But God, above all, give me your favor. Give me your favor. It is good and right to ask for the blessings of God and for the favor of God when we ask for his glory and the benefit of others. Because now we get to verse 2. He begins with verse 1 with this cry of, God, please be merciful to us and bless us and cause thy face to shine upon us. There's this musical note, Selah. Think about this. But then it goes on and it says that. It's, it's a clause that's continuing on. What is the reason that we're asking God for these things? That thy way may be known upon the earth, and thy saving health among all nations. Why is it that we are asking for God's mercy on our lives, for God's blessings, be they physical or spiritual, and why are we asking for God's favor? It's not so that I can sit back in my home with my two-car garage and a comfortable lifestyle and have Netflix and Hulu and go, Woo, God is good! But rather, so that I can look out and I can say, How can I make the way of God known on this earth? And so here, the psalmist digs in, and here we have some amazing words that the psalmist used. First of all, what is the reason then for these requests? It is so that we can make known two things. First of all, that we can make known the way of God. This is a very easy word to skip over. Because we think we intuitively understand the way of God. We all know, and I mean, it is. If you read it in context, it's pretty easy to figure out. This has to do something with salvific, the salvific theme. This has to do with kind of knowing God's statutes. But, but really, let's take just a pause and figure out, what is this way of God? The word used here is the word derek. And I want you to keep your place in Psalm 68 and turn with me to Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55. All through the book of Isaiah, and you, you know, many of us, I would, I would assume, many of us are at least somewhat familiar with the book of Isaiah, and what do we have going on here? We have poor Isaiah over here that is constantly having to proclaim the judgment of God that is coming. Judgment is coming, repent. No. Judgment is coming, repent. No. And we see it climaxes and we get into, the, uh, into these later chapters and we begin to see in Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53 how there's this servant that's going to come and he's going to suffer on behalf of Israel and ultimately for the nations. And, and we see all of these things happening. And then in Isaiah 55, we have these beautiful words. Ho, oh, stop. 
everyone that thirsteth. Abby Chung Weirasikis, all of you that are burdened. Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make you an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader, and a commander to the people." Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is there. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now verse 8 is where I want us to pay attention. We use this verse, and I'm not trying to burst your bubble, right? But we use this verse out of context so often. We get into a car accident. Well, his thoughts are not my thoughts. We get sick. Well, his, his ways are not my ways. What's going on here in this passage? Repent no, repent, no, I'm going to have mercy. There's coming a day when nations will run to you because of the one that rules. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my derek, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. What is the way of God? It is the way of mercy. Why do we ask God for mercy and for blessing and for favor? It is so that we can show the way of God, which is the way of mercy. It is so that when we reflect and we show our lives to people, we say, I am not living a life that is made of myself. I am not a self-made man, but rather it was the mercy of God. My thoughts would have been to condemn me. My ways would have been to cast me into hell. But God's ways were greater than I could ever have imagined. That is the way that we are to be pointing the nations towards. Then... You have John 14, 6. Now, we know this verse, and this is a popular verse. You don't have to turn there, but what's happening here? In John 14, 6, we have that Jesus is what? He is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, the word for way in that passage in John 14, 6, it's a Greek word. It's the word hadas. When Hebrew scholars translated the Old Testament, which was originally written in Hebrew, they translated it into Greek, which is the Septuagint. I know Pastor has gone over this. When they translated Psalm 67 and they used the word way, they used the word hadas. So the same word that Jesus says, I am the hadas, when the Hebrew scholars translated this very passage, Psalm 67, into Greek, they said, that they might know the hadas of God. 
But not only that, this, this is where the passage, I, I hope, blows your mind. That thy way, why are we asking? Let's, and we're going to keep harping on this point. We're going to keep coming back. Why are we asking for God's mercy? Why are we asking for God's blessings? And why are we asking for God's favor upon my life? It is first of all so that the way of God, the way of mercy, the way of salvation might be known to what? To all the earth. And then that by saving health to all the nations. What is the saving health of God? In English, we have two words, saving health. In Hebrew, there is one. It is the word Yeshua. We know that Jesus' name is Yeshua. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that when this was written, that David or whoever... But I'm going to go with Spurgeon, right? That, that, the, that the writer, I'd hate to contradict him, that, 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 that the writer of this psalm knew what he was saying and using the word Yeshua, but the Holy Spirit did. Why is it that we ask for mercy and blessing and favor of God? It is so that Yeshua might be made known to all nations. He is the only true healing. And so, number one, we see that the blessings of God reveal Jesus to the nations. Why is it that we ask for blessing and mercy and favor? So that Jesus might be made known, not just, you know, so that we can have testimony time here and encourage one another, so that Chesapeake might know, and Virginia might know, and the United States might know Jesus Christ. But number two, we see then that our praises reveal his lordship over all nations. Look with me in verses 3 through 5. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. All the people praise thee. Let the ones that are crossing from the southern borders, let them learn to praise you. And the ones that are fighting over in Europe, the Russians and the Ukrainians, let them learn to praise you. Let Hamas learn to praise you. And Hezbollah learn to praise you. Let Israel learn to praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. What is it then that makes the nations rejoice? What is it that will cause all nations, all peoples, all kindreds, all tribes, all tongues to praise God? First, it is now, when we begin right now, to praise Him for His judging. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Why? For thou shalt judge the people righteously. Many commentators make note, or there are commentators that make note, this word for judge, or thou shalt judge, it, it, it's the, the way, the tense that it is in Hebrew, it could also rightly be translated as a present tense. For thou judgest the nations. Look with me in Acts chapter 2. Acts 
Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 29. Peter stands up and boldly begins to proclaim, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of what? The resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord, in Psalm 2, Psalm, Psalm 2, Psalm 8, one of those two, the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Jesus Christ is ruling. Jesus Christ is in the heavens. Jesus Christ has all power, all authority. He has every right to judge the nations. And what we do with that information, with that knowledge, is praise God. I can praise God that it is God that is the judge and not the government. I can praise God that it is the judge and not the people around me. I can praise God that he is the one judging and not me. And right now, how do we go out then? What is it? How is it that our praises reveal the lordship of Jesus Christ over all the nations? We praise him for his judging. For he sits and rules and judges now. And he awaits a day for the culmination when he returns and he comes back to rule and reign with a rod of iron. But right now, he sits on the throne and things are being brought under his feet. But not only do we praise him for his judging, we praise him for his leading. Thou shalt uh, and govern the nations upon earth. We, we know this word govern. In fact, here, here it is. The word govern throughout the Psalms especially. Thou leadest me beside still waters. That is the word govern. We also know this word throughout the Psalms as the fact that he leads us in plain paths, or he leads us to the rock that is higher than I. What is this word for govern? It is the fact that right now, Jesus Christ is leading the nations to himself. Jesus Christ has commissioned you and me, and he has commanded us to go forth and praise him publicly for his ruling and for his leading so that the earth may know that he is Lord. It's not the petty tyrants. 
It's not the evil dictators. It's not the good kings. None of them are the true rulers. It is Jesus Christ, the Lord, and him alone. And when we go out and we publicly praise him for all that he is doing, the nations begin to figure out we can be glad about something. We can be glad in the midst of our suffering. We can be glad in the midst of evil rulers. We can be glad in the midst of war. We can be glad in the midst of famine. Why? Because Christ rules all. And it will be made right. And all things are coming to a day where he will fix it. Our praises reveal his lordship over the nations. So what is it that makes the nations glad? It is that Jesus Christ is Lord. But then how do they know? It's one thing to sit here. It's one thing to go, yeah, that's really nice. I'm really glad for the missionaries. And, and I know that that's not necessarily your thoughts. But why do we ask for God's mercy? Why do we ask for God's physical blessings? Why do we ask for God's favor? It is so that we can go forth and enable others to go forth, proclaiming the praises and the lordship of Jesus Christ. We take the blessings that God gives us and we throw them over to the gospel. We take the favor of Christ and we show it to the broken and the hurting. Romans ten fifteen. And how shall they preach except they be sent? How do we send them without the blessings of God? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. He's quoting Isaiah again. I don't know about you, I've dealt with a lot of feet. <laughs> Some people have a thing about feet. But in Chuk, we deal with a lot of feet all the time. Big feet, little feet, busted up feet, and bandaged up a lot of feet. You know, there's feet really are not that beautiful. <laughs> I work, I look at all of our Chukis friends, and all of their feet are wide and calloused. They can walk across the coral, but you don't have beautiful feet that can walk across the coral. How beautiful are the feet of them. Really, Isaiah says that go upon the mountains. Mountains are rocky, difficult, desolate places. How will they go? How will they go if they are not sent? The blessings of God reveal Jesus to the nations. Our praises reveal the lordship of Christ to the nations. And finally, God's blessings reveals the future of the nations. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. And God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Bank on it. That's a fact. You can guarantee that what we look around at today in utter dismay, we can say, oh, but God has a plan. And we can look around and say from Psalm 67 that there is soon coming a day when nations will all fear the, the Lord and bow before him. Why? Because here, then the earth shall yield her increase. The curse is broken. This is what 
2 Corinthians 5.17 says, We know it. And if any man, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Done deal. Christ is renewing right now. And that is something to praise God about. That is something that can excite the nations. That is something that can lift up the brokenhearted that have seen turmoil and difficulty on battlefields. That is something that can lift the hearts of the Hondurans that though they might live in a tent, and we look at that and go, ah, they can say, oh, but our God reigns and he is my ruler and my just judge and everything wrong that has ever happened to me will be put right. And I can look at the corruption and the difficulty and the sorrows of little girls being beaten to death in Chuk Micronesia. And I can look at that and I can say, oh, but God rules and reigns. And though weeping endures for a moment, there will be joy that comes in the morning because Christ reigns forevermore. And we know that the curse is broken. The serpent's head is crushed. We know that victory is nigh. This is what Spurgeon says about this. He says, it seems that the prophet Bard, hearing the nations praise the Lord, speaks of the bounteous harvest as already given in consequence. On the supposition that all the people praise Jehovah, the earth has yielded her increase. We might as well start praising God now because it's coming for us. And finally, we know that all the nations will know him. Revelation 21-24 speaks of a day when the kings of the earth will come into the gates of Jerusalem and they will bow before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The question is then, this is not in a manipulative uh, tug, but I, I want to sincerely ask you, and I know you, and I know that you know that I know you. I don't mean that to be funny, but it sounded weirder than I wanted it to. I know your heart, good news. I know that you want to be used of God. The question we must ask ourselves individually and as a church is not do we want to God, God to use us a little bit. It is how far do we want God to be able to take us. We live in a broken world. But what, what does this say? God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. What is that? That is discipleship completed. That is the earth being discipled, knowing Christ as redeemer. And though wickedness might still be in play, though the rulers are oppressive, and though things that are difficult may come we can look up from our brokenness to a good, holy God that has given us mercy, that has given us blessing, despite what we see around us, and we have his favor. And we can praise him in the midst of it so that the nations can join us with one song and one tongue and praise him forever. And then we will see discipleship finished. And we will live in a world that is no longer broken. But right now, we live in a broken world. But even closer, we live in a broken society, a broken country, a broken city with broken neighbors. 
What is it that can make the meth addict glad? What is it that can make the person with the PTSD come alive again? What is it that can touch hurting children with abusive parents and change their lives? What is it that can help the desperate woman that we see selling herself because she believes she has no other option? What is it that we can do for the neighbors who have held grudges for years? What is it that we can do for the children of Alaska? What is it that we can do for our own neighborhood children? We declare the praises of God and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We beg for his blessings so that we might bless others, so that the gospel can be spread by your beautiful feet and by mine. And we do all that we can to spread this message far and wide in the authority of Jesus Christ because he knew the Psalms and he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore, you go. In other words, we must spend our lives making joyful disciples of Jesus Christ. But the question is, do you believe it? Do you believe that God's blessings really can and will reveal Jesus to the nations? And that when you beg those blessings upon your life and that God gives them to you, that your praises really will reveal his lordship to those neighbors that you have to deal with, to those co-workers that are so antagonistic so that we can confidently rest in the fact that God's blessings show us the future that is coming. So give of your blessings that you have. Give of your life, give of your money, give of your children, give of your time, give of your blood and your sweat and your tears and your sacrifice, give of your comfort. Give of your leisure. Give of everything that you have because there is coming a day when you will not look back at it and regret it. But rather you will say, it was worth it. The blessings of Jesus really did reveal his lordship and his salvation and his healing health to the nations. So let us go out and be joyful so that we can make the the nations joyful with us. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.